Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ESPN.com's college football writer, he's Bill Connolly, joining us here on the show. Bill, we appreciate the time as always, man. It's good to talk with you as Missouri is 6-1 and one to start out the season, looking to get off to its best start since 2013 if they're able to get a win tomorrow against South Carolina. How do you feel about the Tigers' chances in this one? Um, I mean, the matchups certainly are, are pretty favorable. South Carolina really only does one thing well, and that's throw the ball, which is it's you know, if you're a Missouri fan, you'd rather a team try to throw than run at the moment. So that all that all works, and and for whatever reason, the South Carolina defense just has not clicked at all this year. And and in theory, that that's good news for Missouri as well. Bill, for those that don't know, you, you have a history of covering Missouri for Rock M Nation, and, and you're you're yourself a Mizzou fan. So I did want to ask you, you know, what what's been your impression, not as an analyst, put the fan hat on for a second of watching this team this year get off to a 6-1 and one start? Well, it has been, you know, for, for a number of years, from 15 to about 21, it just felt like the, the overall fan excitement just got a little less and a little less each year. But uh, the athletic department over the last couple of years it seems to have done a really good job of, of reconnecting with students, uh, kind of helping the atmosphere grow. And, and we saw that last year. So for the, that to then carry over into this season and then have the team to match uh, has, has been really interesting. It's been, what, this will be the third straight sellout. Don't think that's happened since, like, 08. Um, and, and it's just kind of a fun buzz that you kind of catch around the stadium and around Columbia at the moment. So no complaints about that. That's always a lot more fun than the opposite. Bill, Missouri's next opponent will be Georgia after South Carolina, and that's like three weeks away. They've got to take care of business first. But what do you make of this Georgia team? I, they're number one in the AP poll, and they've been that all season long. But I look at them, and they beat Vanderbilt by 17. They beat Auburn by 7, South Carolina by 10. What what should I make of this Georgia football team? Um, I mean, the, the one thing that kind of overrides everything else, I think, is just that the one time we had to see their fastball, we did. Um, you know, against Kentucky, that was a big game. Kentucky was unbeaten and very, you know, very confident, very uh, positive. And they just came out and, and, and it was, what, 21 nothing after about 15, 20 minutes. So um, I, I, I still feel like their fastball is going to be better than anybody else's. It's just, you know, we saw last year a little bit, there was a little bit of a hangover, some attention span problems. You know, Missouri almost took advantage of that. We're seeing a nonstop attention span problems this year. They can't get going. Obviously, they're a little banged up as well. And, uh, I mean, I guess the question is, can they shift into fifth gear and stay there at some point? Because if not, I mean, Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee, maybe Florida. A lot of teams are, are better than Vanderbilt, better than Auburn. Uh, and Auburn almost beat Georgia a, a few weeks ago. So it's, it's kind of up to Georgia to show that they're ready for a sustained push. We haven't necessarily seen that yet.
You can find Bill Connolly's work over at ESPN.com. You can follow him as well, at ESPN underscore Bill C. Bill, the biggest game going into this weekend is two top ten teams in the AP poll, two top ten teams in your SP Plus rankings. It's Ohio State and Penn State. When you look at that matchup, what do you think is going to be the, the deciding factor here? What is the thing that you're most looking forward to watching? Well, there's going to be a ton of pressure um, on Kyle McCord and Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, basically the entire rest of the Ohio State school core is banged up. And granted, you know, that just means you bring in five-star freshmen off the bench. So the floor is still very high there, or the ceiling's very high, I should say. But, um, you know, Penn State's got by far the best pass defense they've faced. Maybe the best pass defense in the country. Ohio State hasn't run the ball very effectively. It's It's... You know, I, I, this is the best chance Penn State's had at winning this game since at least 2018. I mean, on the flip side, obviously, Ohio State's defense is better than it's been in a while, too. And with Penn State, they've just done kind of a, a an Iowa plus kind of deal where they don't ever make big plays on offense, but they grind things out efficiently. They kill clock and they let their defense kind of dominate. Uh, that's worked so far, and it'll work against most of the teams on their schedule. I just It feels like you need a little bit more playmaking than they've delivered so far to, to beat Ohio State in Columbus. Bill, another top 25 matchup this weekend. Florida State's hosting Duke. How can Duke pull off an upset of Florida State this weekend if they're going to go on the road and take them down? Yeah, I wish if Riley Leonard was healthy, I would be I would have 100% talked myself into an upset here because I don't think it would be much of an upset. Duke's kind of been a top 20 level team this year. Their defense is fantastic. Their offense isn't amazing, but when Leonard is healthy, he he avoids pressure really well. He avoids negative plays in general, and they're able to at least kind of you know maintain in the field position battle and let their defense strike. It's a very opportunistic defense overall, and. So that all worked. I, I think this will be a closer game than expected just because I think Duke's really good. Uh, but if Leonard's not healthy, uh, you know, if he's just kind of playing with one leg out there, can't really avoid pressure, or it's a backup, the redshirt freshman, then I'll, I'll see how Duke could possibly uh, score enough, even with a good defense. I don't see how they could score enough to win this game. We talked to Bill Connolly coming into the season, and you said one of the, the biggest storylines that you're going to be monitoring in the upcoming year is the Pac-12 in its final year of existence finally looking like one of the best conferences in America because of the top-level quarterback play in the conference. Well, that has come to fruition, and maybe even more so than what we expected so far, with Arizona looking better than anybody could have possibly thought. Bill, going into this weekend, USC has another huge matchup, as they're going to have basically every single week. They've been incredibly underwhelming this year. The defense has been as bad as expected, but the offense has also hit some struggles uh, in the last couple of weeks. Where are you at with your level of concern for this USC team right now? <laughs> I think we're past concern. I think it's over. I don't see how they could possibly win out and stay in the, in the well, in the national title race for sure. But in theory, you know, maybe you'll need 8-1 uh, and one to get you into the Pac-12 championship game as well. And I just they, – they underachieved. They were getting worse and worse each week for a month, and it finally caught up to them last week in South Bend. So, yeah, I mean, I think obviously the defense is still the main concern. I would assume the offense – you know, sometimes you got to lose to kind of reset and, and find the right gear again. I think the offense will be fine. I just, yeah, I just don't see much here, especially compared to Oregon and Washington, maybe even Oregon State as well. It does feel like we know the two teams from this conference who could make the college football playoff. One of the, you know, they played each other last week. Uh, and, and now the question is just can they get to the finish line without slipping up again? They both have to play Oregon State, they both have to play Washington State. Oregon has to play Utah. They both have to play USC. 
that's a rough road to, to try to emerge unscathed, and we'll see if they can do it. Well, Bill, that's what I was just going to ask you next. Is the Pac-12 the only conference that could potentially send two teams to the college football playoff in your mind? Uh, well, I, I don't want to pretend there aren't scenarios where, you know, the Big Ten, two out of the three in the East get in. Or even, you know, if Alabama were to win out and Georgia actually starts looking good, but Alabama still beats them in the SEC championship, there are plenty of scenarios. But you do figure in terms of likelihood, you know, unless – unless we get just the right kind of situation with a 12 and one and an 11 and one in the big 10 East, uh, you, you do figure the PAC 12 with Washington and Oregon are going to have a shot at it. Bill, we'll get you out of here on this based on your opinion, your numbers, everything that goes into it. Where does the sec rank this year among the best conference in America? <laughs> well, th- what's funny is this kind of, it all depends on what we decide best is. Is it just the top three or four teams? Is it the top two teams? SEC, in terms of my SP Plus ratings, SEC still grades out number one in terms of average because they only have one bad team. Uh, but that's not really how a lot of people you know, judge conferences. It's, it's how many contenders do you have? How many top 15 or 20 teams do you have? And if that's the, the criteria, then you could really make a good case for the Pac-12. This year. I don't think you can make a case for anybody else. Uh, but, yeah, the, the SEC's main strength right now isn't necessarily that they have a lot of elite teams. They just only have one bad one, and, and so every week is a potential loss. They still have that going for them, I guess. The SEC and Pac-12 have, like, flipped roles this year. It's strange yeah. to watch. Hey, Bill, we appreciate the time as always, man. Going to be a fun weekend to watch this as we consume it all on Saturday. We'll certainly be consuming your work over at ESPN.com. We'll talk with you again soon, my friend. Sounds good.